Thursday, Mike here, and yesterday was Wellness Wednesday. We had Dr. Royson pop in, but he popped in a little later than normal, and I got a couple of email messages saying, hey, where the heck is Dr. Royson? We have Dr. Royson giving us his uh, Wellness Wednesday update right here. Dr. Royson, we are thrilled to have you here, my friend. Welcome. My privilege. Thank you. Well, uh, I'm going to go personal first because, you know, you have all this great research you sent me. But two days ago, I started getting heartburn and I never get heartburn. I never, ever, ever get heartburn. And I'm kind of freaking out because I don't like to take medications. I don't, nobody likes heartburn. I don't think it's fun. And so uh, I'm wondering, is it is there something I can do? Is there something smart I can do in order to get rid of this stupid heartburn? It's keeping me up and waking me up at night. Well, the key is to make sure it is what you're calling heartburn, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease, which we call GERD, which really is some of the stomach acid uh, refluxing from the stomach instead of going into the intestine going in a straight pattern comes back into the esophagus the worry is is this something related to your heart itself um, that is the differential of heartburn includes is this cardiac is this uh, a lung problem or is it the esophagus so we like to demonstrate that it is the esophagus and that it is not uh, related to a infection of helicobacter which can cause um, the same problem so we go through the symptoms with you in much more detail than i can do on the radio okay. right now um, but in in any case the, if it is, um, it usually relates to lying flat in bed rather than at an angle. Secondly, pepper, alcohol, um, spicy food, caffeine, chocolate, um, those type of foods at night. The third simply is paradoxically having a little apple cider vinegar um, at the evening mealtime, not eating as late, so having three hours before when you last eat and dinner, not having an alcoholic drink within three hours of when you go to bed are all relatively simple things. Um, and uh, then you might, I mean, then we, we talk about going on a uh, protein pump inhibitor for a period of time to see if that relieves it. If it does, and depending on whether you've got esophagitis or not, is depends on what, how long it stays on. And then people look, if this is chronic, people look and do a, um, what is a, put a tube down, small tube down to make sure you don't have a, a precancerous lesion there. Mm. So all that's what is routinely done for this, but a little heartburn, making sure it is symptomatic of reflux into the esophagus, um, and then it is once it is a trial of uh, of both diet and some mechanical things when you go to bed, and 
changing the time at which you go to bed. And if those work, then that's generally what we do. So first thing, Michael, is stop eating late at night and stop uh, the alcohol three hours before bedtime and uh, less pepper, caffeine, chocolate, um, and uh, that type of thing oh, at man. dinner. Okay. All right. I'll, 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 I'll report back next week. I'm going to make a supreme effort to remove chocolate, pepper, no alcohol late at night or within three hours of going to bed. And uh, I also have to skip tomatoes, I think, too. My wife said they're very, very acidic. So I'll have to watch that. Um, thank you for my five-minute diagnosis, Dr. Royce. And I, I'm also going to probably call my doctor, too. By the way. That, that's the best thing. That scope that they stick down your throat to take a look around, that's called an endoscope, right? Yes. I, I still am lobbying for us to change that. That that shouldn't be the endoscope. That's what they should call what they use for the colonoscopy because that's the end. That's the endoscope. I, they've got this all named wrong. Uh, you guys need some branding people helping in the medical en en world. Endo means inside you, E-N-D-O. Oh. Okay, I'm sorry. I was taking it a little too literally. <laughs> so, uh, Thank you. Doc, there's so much going on in your research I want to try and get to. Um, I have a friend who donated kidney to a stranger last year, and they just celebrated their kidneyversary, which I didn't know was a thing. I had no idea. He's just the nicest guy in the world, greatest guy. But uh, you're saying this is kidney X. What is this kidney X that's gone? Because this might change the need for transplants, right? Um, well, it's it's early on that, so I'd rather go to a different subject. But um, yeah, so what it, it 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 is is there are a lot of things now we are learning to help reduce the need for uh, kidney dialysis and kidney failure. So there are a lot of things we're, we're now learning, even lifestyle exercise and physical activity seems to also be a benefit. But there are um, a number of therapies now that are to improve blood flow to the kidney and improve uh, kidney function. Okay, cool. And uh, we'll get back to that then another time. Like you're saying, it's a little premature. So what's your favorite topic in the research this week? There's so much. I do want to get to the vaping well, story, though. Well, my, my favorite topic is probably the one on cervical cancer. And the reason it's a favorite one is it is wiping out um, cervical cancer in relatively affluent areas in the United States. That is not anything that is not high poverty uh, seems to be able to be wiped out by 2029, um, meaning the vaccine. We have these vaccines now for um, a, for the virus that has caused that that is being given to most people in schools by age um, sometime between uh, 9 and 12 years old. Hmm. Um, and it's a multiple shot regimen. But it wipes out, it, it gets at the three largest viruses that cause cervical cancer in women and penile cancer and uh, some bladder cancer as well as head and neck 
cancers. Um, and the interesting thing is that it's being taken up more in, although it's um, as free on the meaning almost with no copay on uh, the, um, as a school required uh, or school advocated uh, vaccine, it's not been required by most schools. And so it, it has a higher uptake in areas that seem to be um, less, that don't have less poverty. In the poverty areas, the prediction is it will get wiped out in uh, 2043. So the point is, though, it's a vaccine and we could, and it's free on the Medicaid, it's free for kids. So we should advocate this. So it's a, it's almost like there's a vaccine hesitancy or a vaccine that, that the kids aren't getting in the high poverty areas, the areas with high poverty that should be able to be uh, gotten. So the reason it's a favorite story is this is wiping out a, one of the common cancers. It's just like wiping out polio, but it's a vaccine for cancer that now um, if we just get a little more vaccine uptake for this vaccine in areas with poverty, we could really make a huge difference in the risk of this to all Americans. I'm all for that. Anything that wipes out any cancer. We just lost a brilliant comedian uh, two days ago. Norm MacDonald passed away and he had a 10 year battle with cancer. Anytime any cancer can get eliminated, doctor. I think we should pour every effort, every dollar we can into doing that and be colorblind and dollarblind on it. Let's just work on getting rid of cancer. I think that could be one of the most uniting issues of our time. That was from Wednesday's visit with Dr. Royson. There was so much we added a special bonus, and we will put it up on the podcast 